Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Vibrant family, let me hear from you on 4th of July weekend. Man, look at this. Second service showed up. Good to see you. Full house. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors, and we're so thankful that you chose to be at church today. Can we give it up like crazy for all of our vibrant, first-time vibrant family, new guests? Thank you for being here. Love that you're here. Welcome to the family. You're stuck with us now. Amen. <laughs> I love it. As always, I want to take just a moment, especially this weekend, to look directly into the camera and welcome our online family in. No matter where you're watching from, who you're watching with, thank you so much for making Vibrant part of your Sunday. Let's welcome our online family in. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. Before we jump into the message uh, today, uh, tomorrow is going to be, tomorrow it starts youth camp. Any of my students, y'all excited about youth camp? All right, like, all right, the rest of them are still asleep. Let me bring out Nate and Tori. Come on. Nate and Tori, come on out. Do y'all love Nate and Tori? They are our student pastors. Do an awesome job. So here's what I know is um, how many of y'all went to youth camp growing up, right? How many of y'all went to youth camp? How many of y'all youth camp changed your life, right? Youth camp changed your life. That it did for me. Um, tomorrow, Nate and Tori are going to take about 20 people to youth camp, um, to now camp. And uh, I tell you what, they're going to be entrusted with an amazing opportunity um, to make a difference in young people's lives that could change the world for the kingdom. Amen. And so what we want to do is, uh, because we believe in youth camp, because we believe in students, what we want to do is, if you don't mind, I'd love for everybody to stand right now. We're going to pray that the Lord would bless them, that the Lord would give them wisdom and understanding um, to have the conversations that they, that at the right times, that the Lord would give them wisdom, the Lord would give them strength and favor, that they would make an impact this week, them and their team. They're going to have an opportunity to impact students uh, and to team members. And, and so we just believe the Lord's going to touch them. Would you mind to help me pray? Let's pray for this amazing couple. Lord, I pray for Nate and, and Tori right now. Lord, I love them. Uh, I pray that you would, I think, I'm thank you, thankful with their heart, God, that they would love students like they do. I, pr- I pray that you would give them wisdom and understanding as they go into this camp that you would bless them with opportunities to make a difference with students, with staff members, God, that you would help them, give them favor in dealing with situations, give them favor in, in dealing with students, dealing with parents, dealing with, with, uh, with, with counselors, dealing with leadership. God, I pray that you would bless them, God. Give them great favor as they walk through this. Lord, as they're, they're, you know, as they're pouring out, God, I pray that you would fill their cup. You would fill their cup, God, that they would come back refreshed, they would come back blessed, and you would give them great favor in this situation. Lord, bless Bless this camp and let kids be saved and impacted in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Nate and Tori if you love them. You may be seated. Love it, love it. So glad you are in the house at the end of service today. We're going to be doing Baptism Sunday. 
some one of our favorite Sundays of the year, Baptism Sunday. Excited about that. Uh, it's 2022 for us. This is the year of the breakthrough, the year of the breakthrough. And uh, many of you have had personal breakthroughs, spiritual breakthroughs, financial breakthroughs, marriage breakthroughs. It's awesome. Uh, and uh, this, uh, we thoroughly believe spiritually this is our year of breakthrough. Uh, but in the middle of the year here, we're doing a series called Clean Slate. Why are you doing a, a series called Clean Slate? Well, sometimes in the middle of a year like this, you need something to just kind of wipe it fresh and start over. Uh, and that's what this series is all about. And so that being said, I do want to, before I jump into the message, and um, I, I want to give you an opportunity here. I want to let you know that this message content, uh, if you have any kids that are 12 and under uh, in the service, it might be a good idea for you to use kids ministry. And we have an amazing kids ministry uh, that would bless you. And so I would encourage you, if you want to just take your kids to kids ministry, that'd be awesome. No one's going to judge you. We're just going to, uh, but the content and the message today will be, um, is a little bit more mature. Okay. And so uh, those of you that are watching online might be a good idea to give them some Mickey Mouse or something. All right. And uh, so turn on brother Mickey Mouse and, and come on back. All right. And uh, so I, I just want to let you know that just give you an opportunity to do that if you would like to do that. Um, that being said, the reason why I asked you to maybe remove any children uh, 12 and under in service today is because we're going to talk about uh, something that is, it's really, when I say the word, everybody goes, oh, but really it's, it's as real as life gets. And so what we're going to talk about today is pornography. Exactly. Nobody amen right there, right? First service the same way. Nobody's amening right there, right? We're going we're gonna to talk about pornography. And here's why. So many people won't touch you and like, Pastor, why are you talking about that in church? That's like an anti-church thing. We don't talk about that in church, right? We don't, like, that's a, we don't talk about stuff like that. Let me, give you, let me tell you why we're talking about this today. The porn industry's annual revenue is more than the NFL, NBA, and MLB combined in our country, right? It's also more than the combined revenues of ABC, CBS, and NBC. Combined. That's the porn industry. Why else am I talking about? Here's why. 64% of Christian men and women admit viewing porn monthly. 64%. 79% of men, Christian men, 18 to 30, view porn monthly. 11 is the average age where children are exposed to pornography and 94% of children will see porn by the age of 14. That's today's statistics, today. Guys, why am I talking about this in the church? Because this is, that porn is an epidemic in our nation and in our world. And it doesn't just affect the nation and the world, it affects the church. It affects the church. It's an unhealthy view of sex in general, which leads to many other issues. But the acceleration of porn is putting marriages in turmoil. It's keeping single people unfulfilled and wanting to progress in real life relationships. The problem is that it's way more accessible today than when it was many, many years ago, right? When we were growing up and when we were kids, you'd have to find a magazine, right? You have to find a magazine or somebody would have to go to a back room of some shady video store or truck stop, right? You have to go try to find it, right? It required some effort. Well, now it's literally everywhere. You have porn in your pocket, even if you don't want it. 
It's everywhere you're at. It's in every app. It's in every advertisement. It's in every social media site. It's on emails. On top of that, they're literally using it to sell everything. They're selling everything with sex. They sell everything with it. Nearly every commercial is teasing you that you need that brand new car because that good looking man with his shirt off is sitting in it. Right? Or you need that hamburger because that girl in the bikini is selling that hamburger. Let me just tell you, she ain't need that hamburger. Right? Okay? We have our phones with us everywhere we go. Many of us sleep with them by our, night, uh, by our bed and, and our nightstand. It's the first, the first thing that when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we see is not our spouse, it's not our kids, it's not our Bible, it's our social media feeds, which are full of porn and triggers for porn. And then we wonder why are we facing so many issues? It accelerates this desire inside of you, ultimately where it surrounds you everywhere you go. So the question that I have for you today is this, is purity even possible today? Is purity even possible? With all that's facing us, everything that's around it, all the, the pressures of culture, is it, is it even possible? Yes. But it's not only just possible, I believe that it's God's will. I believe that it's God's will for your life. Now, I just have to tell you, if you're a guest here, I gotta let you know I don't preach about porn every Sunday. Okay, all right. Uh, so come back next week. We'll preach about something else, all right? So uh, if you're a guest, we love you. Thank you so much for being here. I don't talk about this very often, but I felt like this is something that we need to address. And uh, that being said, let's jump straight into the Word. James uh, chapter 1, verse 13 through 15 says this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. God, why did you do this? Nah, hang on. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by somebody else's post that just tempted me. By that movie that somebody else wanted to watch. And so I'm watching it and it's just, just tempts. There's just, by what somebody else, no. Dragged away by their own desire, their own evil desire and enticed. Then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That word enticed is actually a fishing term. And, and I'm not much of a fisherman, if you haven't figured that out by now. Uh, but that, that word enticed, it's a fishing term. And, and it literally means to lure by using bait. So I got our media team to look up what that looks like for there. Look at that mouth. Bam, he's going to get him some, right, right there. And so... That, that literally, that's what the spiritual, our spiritual enemy, the devil, is doing to us. That's what he does. What you do when you go fishing, that's what you do. You take either a bait worm or some kind of bait or a spinning lure and the fish, you drop that thing in the water and the fish going, hey, that right there looks good. That flashy spinny thing, that looks yummy. Looks like food, right? And then all of a sudden he's like, he comes up on it and he grabs that bait and before long you caught you a good seven pound bass up in your boat, right? That you told everybody else was a 12 pounder, okay? Not you, first service, right? That's what the enemy does, right? It looks fun, right? It's this worm, food, spinny thing. It looks exciting. It's shiny. It's flashy. It's something new. I want it. And then boom, ultimately it ends up in death. It ends up in death. That is exactly how the process works in your life too. Before you take the bait, the devil drops a temptation and a nugget with it. 
He drops that bait in front of you and then he drops a nugget in your head. Oh, it's no big deal. You're not hurting anybody. Like it doesn't affect anybody, right? Everybody does it and it works out okay. I mean, everybody, I mean, it's just there. You're just meeting your needs, right? You need your needs met. This is self-care. Then after you take the bait, you feel horrible. You feel disgusting. Then the enemy uses shame, like we talked about last week, to drop another nugget in your life. No one loves you. Look what you just did. He attaches your do to your who. The devil hates you and wants nothing more than to destroy you. You need to understand that. The spiritual enemy of your soul has no desire to see you win. No desire to see you grow. No desire to see you blessed. No desire to see God's favor on your life. Check this out. John 10 and 10. The thief comes. We, we read the scripture a lot, but I don't want you to miss a word. The thief comes only. He doesn't come to bless you. He's not coming to your house to bring cookies. Right? He comes only to steal kill and destroy. Now, if somebody showed up to your house, at your physical house, and knocked on the door and said, hey, I'm here to steal, kill, and destroy. Can I come in? Y'all calling the cops. 911, we have an emergency, right? Okay? You're not doing that, right? But so many times we allow the enemy into our life when we have the transcripts that he's only coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But when he drops the bait, we're like, oh, that's shiny. I kind of like that. Right? We allow the enemy in. It's his goal to put the lure out in front of you. And it's his goal that ultimately you would take the lure and he would kill you with it. He'll kill you with it. He'll kill your mind. He'll kill your relationships. He'll kill your dreams, your ambitions, your goals, your spirituality. He will kill your soul. The enemy just wants to get you hooked however possible. However possible. So the question I have for you today is how did you get hooked? Chances are, many of you, some of you, this is your story. And I want you to know today, I don't come at you with shame. I don't come at you with condemnation. I come at you with information and the grace of Jesus. What we need to know is we're gonna take, we're gonna take a stand for truth and righteousness. That's what we need to know. What is your story? I bet it looks something like this. You are a young person and you had some kind of sinful experience or trauma. You might have been exposed to pornography. You might have been molested. Maybe you went on a date and did something that you didn't plan to do. At that moment, you sustained an injury internally in your mind and in your spirit. It's an injury that distorts God's plan for lovemaking in your life. It's, it, it distorts the way that you look at love mentally, emotionally, and it creates a spiritual injury that causes shame and separates you from your relationship with God mentally. It, it creates a wound. But here's the thing. It gets you so confused because simultaneously, as you're, put, you're, you're feeding a wound, you have this high, this dopamine high that comes with porn or sex outside of marriage. This, it's, it's this enjoyment and pleasure. And ultimately what it does is it leads you with, leaves you with shame and guilt and self-disgust and anger. And if you're like most, what happens is you're embarrassed and you're ashamed about it. So what do you do? You either do one or two things. Number one, you either try to hide it. You go, oh, I'm okay. Everything is good. I'm gonna sweep it under the rug. Nobody knows about it. 
pride, we talked about a few weeks ago, remember? Pride leads us to sin, sin leads us to shame, shame leads us to cover up. And then we do the same thing and we roll this thing and it snowballs, right? I'm good, I'm strong, everybody's doing it, right? It's okay, everybody's great. Or we justify it. This is just normal, it's okay. It's just a different time, Pastor Michael. Word didn't change. Well, it's better that I have a porn addiction than, I, than I'm having an affair. I'm not doing that. We're trying to justify it. We create shadows in the room and sin grows best in the dark. Well, then that happens and you, you might have even got before God and prayed, Lord, take this desire away. Take it away, God. I don't want to do this again. But the desire doesn't go away. At some point you promise, I'm gonna, this is it. I'm going to stop. This is the last time. I'm never going to do that again. Ever in my life, I'm done. And for some of you, you did for a little while. You have short periods of sexual sobriety until you stumble one time. And then that ultimately can trigger a binge. I messed up this week, so this week's ruined. I'm just going to start next week or next Sunday or next month or next year. Just one failure can trigger a sexual binge that can ruin your life. You hate it, but you can't seem to overcome it. Then you single people think that, man, just one day I'll get married. I'm just going to do this until I get married. All my problems will be solved because everybody knows that married people have sex multiple times a day. Why y'all laughing? Huh? Well, then you get married and the desire doesn't leave. And you go, well, God, what happened? This is your fault. No. Here's the problem. You don't just have a lust issue. You have an, a spiritual injury that has not been healed. You don't just have a lust problem. Somewhere inside of all of that, what I just said is probably what your story looks like. You might be in the camp, well, Pastor Michael, what's the big deal? This is kind of a gray area. Is this even an issue? A little porn never hurt nobody. This is not a gray area. This is not. James said, when your lusts are fully grown, they lead you to death. Porn literally reshapes your brain. I did so much studying and looking in the scientific side of this as well as the spiritual. Porn literally reshapes your brain. It changes the way that you think outside of the sexual experience, okay? So it's not a physical experience anymore. It's, it's, you remove the emotion. It's no different than eating a cheeseburger. It's just that you remove the emotion from it. And what happens is the emotions that come after it are so heavy, okay, the emotions that come after it, it causes isolation. It causes depression. Guys, I read this this week and it, it just blew my mind. That they checked the phone records of those that have committed suicide in the last 10 years, okay? Almost 100% of them were watching porn consistently. It lit, porn literally leads you to death, to death on the inside. James isn't the only one who issued this stern warning uh, Solomon was talking to his sons. He was having the birds and the bees talk. And uh, they, they wrote it down and for all of us to read. Check this out. Proverbs uh, chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. Sounds good. Right? Her mouth is smoother than oil. Ooh, getting steamy in the house. Right? But in the end, she is as bitter as poison. 
as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. Guys, these are strong metaphors, but it's biblical truth that I'm telling you today. Sexual sin looks sweet and smooth, but it's actually bitter and sharp. The truth is it thrills, then it kills. It fascinates, then it assassinates. It takes you directly to death. Porn does the exact same thing in your life. Porn kills you. Let me tell you how, it kills you physically. Kills you physically. It diminishes your sex drive. I know the culture is trying to tell you, oh, guys, girls, you just do this more and it makes, you, it makes your marriage. I'm trying to make my marriage better. No, you're not. You're killing your marriage. You're creating sexual dysfunction inside of your marriage. You're giving yourself sexual dysfunctional issues. What you're, why? Because what you're watching is not real. You're having the same mannerisms and symptoms as someone that is addicted to drugs. It's killing you emotionally. You can't relate to others like God intended because you objectify everybody around you. The opposite sex becomes a vehicle for you to get your needs met, not one person to love. On a side note, let me explain. It blows my mind how a culture that promotes so much sexual promiscuity and immorality then turns gets and gets upset because people, men and women, are being objectified. You created the issue. Our society is creating our own storm and then getting upset about the rain. Well, I can't believe they would objectify them. Well, look at the shows you've created. Look at the content that's consumed. Oh, it's just a movie, Pastor Michael. I don't bring it into my life. The eyes, the window, the soul. So, I mean, I... Right? It's killing you emotionally. It kills you mentally. You enter a battle in your mind that is difficult to overcome. Because the world is telling you you're not an addict, but you know that addiction is killing you. Your mind scientifically becomes tunnel visioned. And the only thing that you see is everything is a motivation to get to this thing. It's killing you spiritually because you lose yourself and you develop anxiety. You're irritable. Over the smallest things, you're depressed. You don't operate with purpose like you used to. There's no motivation for you to progress in your job at home. There's no motivation for you. Uh, that, that, that you're exhausted trying to cover your tracks. What if he finds out? What if she finds out? Like many describe it as this nonstop heaviness and it never goes away. You're just dragging this problem around. It's killing you on the inside. Here's the problem that we face today. You want to stop. I've never coached a couple or counseled a couple or counseled an individual where we sat down and we talked through this and they're like, huh, I know that this is doing, but I'm kind of good with it. I think I'm all right. I think I'm just kind of good with it. I'm going to roll with it. I've never talked with anybody that has said that. Every person that I've talked with have said, you know what, I know this is ruining me and I want to stop. I want to stop. Here's what it looks like. There is a... The reason you can't stop is because you have an injury that hasn't healed. And you need to have that injury healed before you can truly be free. There's this progression, there's a porn progression, what it looks like. And it's a step-by-step. Step. I know some of you, 
that dealt with this or you deal with this, you thought, man, I, I never thought I would deal with this when I was getting married. Well, it's a progression. It doesn't, you don't start at the end. Well, the, there's, the first part is there's an opportunity. And unfortunately for you and I is that there's opportunity everywhere in our culture. It's everywhere. For some people, it's when they're alone for too much time. For some of you, it's when you're on social media too much. Um, those of you that know me know that I'm by vocation as a pastor. I work here at the church, but I also work doing social media marketing. And so I, I'm in this world and I see this. And especially in doing research for this on top of what I do for a living, TikTok is a perfect example. I mean, Facebook, Instagram. If you're married, social media companies will literally auto-populate your timeline with things that they think you like. Well, what do they think you like? The things that they're trying to promote. Promiscuity, lust, sex. They want, they want to promote you being a swinger. Opportunity leads you, this opportunity all around you leads you to lust and look. You lust and look and you go, well, I'm just watching this video. I'm not hurting nobody. I'm not hurting anybody. Then you flip the switch. The purity of love is tainted. Dopamine hits in your brain. It's thrilling and it's fun in the moment. Man, this is awesome. Oh, it's so the shiny thing in front of you. Then the moment is over. You feel guilt, then shame. I feel dirty. I feel broken. I feel useless. Well, then you go through all the emotions that come with that, the anger that comes with that, anger at yourself and anger at everybody else. And then you, you realize, I've got to stop. There's this stop sign. I don't want to do this anymore. This is killing me from the inside out. And I recognize that I've got to stop. God, help me. I promise I'll never do it again. And then it works for a little bit. And then you crave again. At some point, you need this escape again. You need, I need the thrill. It's been weeks without sex at home and this one time won't hurt. I mean, he was mean and disrespectful to me and I feel like I'm not wanted so I gotta get my needs met another way. I mean, she's not providing what I need in the house and so I just gotta go do it my own way. How do we as Christians break this, pro this progression? How can we do this? I wanna be very, very practical with you on the back half of this message. We've talked about, we understand what porn does to us physically, emotionally, spiritually. We understand what it does. And if I had to ask any of one of you individually that struggle with this, if I had to ask you if you wanted to stop, every one of you would probably say yes. So I'm gonna be very, very practical in helping you get freedom from this. Why am I talking about this? Why are we going through this? I'm gonna get up all in your living room today, if that's all right. And I'm gonna pastor you, is that okay? Is that all right? Why am I doing this? Because I've, I've, I've had way too many conversations with husbands, couples. My wife has had conversations with wives. Oh, we're addicted, but we want to be free, but we don't know how. Let me help you. But it's going to require you to be real. Is that all right? Two practical building blocks of purity freedom. Number one, don't conceal it, confess it. Don't conceal it, confess it. Somebody came up to me after first service and they said, after you said that point, I thought you were gonna have, have everybody have a microphone. I got really scared. We don't do that here, okay? Like nobody's doing that. Like we don't do that, okay? It's not that kind of church, right? We don't do that. Don't conceal it, confess it. Let me explain. Don't keep it hidden and let it be in the dark. Why? Because sin grows best in the, the dark. So when you leave it in the dark, you're literally letting the bait sit there and you're going, oh, that's cool. I'm just gonna let it be. 
eventually you're gonna take the bait, right? Eventually you're gonna take the bait. The word makes it so clear in this. And I, I, this is not even me. This is the Bible here, okay? Proverbs 28 and 13. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. I can stop right there, right? People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Well, Pastor Michael, you don't understand. I can't confess this. I'm too scared. I've been putting on a show for years. Like I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a grandparent. I'm a pastor. Guess what? So far you haven't succeeded in stopping. So what if you try something else? You're not succeeding by yourself, right? And if you allow this thing to grow in you, it's gonna create generational issues. Sexual sin is a spirit and sexual sin creates more sexual sin, just does. Dads, let me just tell you, you need to, you need to get healing of this so your kids are not affected by the spirit. Moms, you need to get healing of this so your kids are not affected by this spirit. You could generationally change your family if you get healing from this. You don't have to have struggle with sexual issues because your parents did. You don't have to struggle with it because your grandparents, because somebody else put it on you, your foster parents, your step parents. You don't, you don't have to struggle with that because somebody molested you. You don't have to struggle with this for the rest of your life. Nobody can put that stamp on you and say, I have to struggle with this forever. You don't have to struggle with this. But I gotta tell you, for you to get through and get healing and get over this, you've got to come forward. You've got to come forward and confess. We are designed as people. God designed us to heal together. God designed us that. That's why we have life groups. It's not so we can play golf and throw axes with Jesus. Shout out to the men group. Right? Okay? It's not about that. It's about for us to, to heal together, to grow together, to win together, to lose together. Like, that's why we do that. So the question is, who do I confess to? Now, let me clarify, just in case it's a question, this is not a Catholic church. I don't know if y'all figured that out yet, uh, but it's, it's, this is not a Catholic church. I don't want y'all to all come to me, okay? All right, that's not the goal here. Um, <laughs> but you need, you need to go to somebody that, number one, you can trust, and number two, will not allow you to stay the same, that will challenge you to change. Without, their, without challenge, there is no change. It's gonna require you to get uncomfortable. You need somebody, you need to talk to somebody that you can trust, that you know is gonna keep it confidential, but also is going to challenge you to change it, right? Challenge you to change. It could be your life group leader. It could be your team director if you're on our dream team. It could be a coordinator. It could be a pastor, a mentor, a counselor. It could even be your best friend. It's fine. You need to confess James 5 and 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That wound that you have, you just feel like you have to take, you gotta carry for the rest of your life. And you gotta deal with the rest of your life. You don't have to carry that. You can be healed from it. The, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Here's the truth is you come to God for forgiveness, but you go to God's people for healing. Too many people, we understand, and we get the front half of that. And we're like, God, heal me. God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Oh, I, I, need, I need your forgiveness. But then we're not willing to confess to anybody around us so we can receive healing. It's going to require you to get rid of your pride a little bit so you can receive that healing. You want that wound healed? You need to confess. Let me, I'm going to say it this way, and I want you to write this down and take a picture of the screen. You are only as strong as you are honest. 
You are only as strong as you are honest. If you are struggling with this right now, let me tell you, life, as life-giving as I can tell you right now, you won't be able to get past this unless you're honest. And I'm not talking about partial honesty either. I'm not talking about, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell us about this part, and then I got this other whole thing, right? Right? That's not how it goes. You are only as strong as you are honest. That's the first half. So don't conceal it, confess it. The second half is just as challenging, okay? Don't fight lust, flee from it. 1 Corinthians 6 and 18, run from sexual sin. I don't make the points the Bible does, right? No other sin clearly affects the body as this one does. I wish science would go to the Bible because the Bible already got it figured out for them, right? For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. We don't fight lust, we flee from it. We saw this happen in the Old Testament. The first desperate housewife, Potiphar's wife, she, uh, she attacked Joseph, right? She attacked him and she like threw herself at him. Joseph, you know what he didn't do? He didn't go, well, hang on, let me pray about this. God, can you take the temptation from me, God? Why did you put me in this situation, God? You're such a mean God. He didn't do that, right? In fact, this is what happened, Genesis 39, 12. She caught him by the cloak, grabbed his jacket, said, come to bed with me. Come here, good looking. Woo, you're looking good. Come here. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. He didn't play around. He didn't say, well, maybe this just one time. I'll get clean next week. He ran out of the house. In fact, here's the point. Jesus even taught in the New Testament, if your eye offends you, to gouge it out. Now, I don't think he was being literal here because Jesus spoke in models and, and this was one of those. If you want to talk about that later, we can, we'll talk about that. Come talk with me. But here's the point is that if there was bait in the water, get the bait out of the water. If there's bait in the water, if there's a source that's causing you to sin, get rid of it. Get rid of the bait. Let me give you a real life example. Let's make this very practical. I don't believe that we should be on social media by ourselves after a certain time in the day. Why? Because loneliness and opportunity are bait of the enemy. Even in another room. I will say this, TikTok in general is a very dangerous social network. It's a very dangerous, the algorithm on that platform is very aggressive and it will show you everything that you don't want to see or need to see. And I'll tell you, if you're an adult or you're a student, you need to limit time on that app. Well, Pastor Michael, that's how we found you advertised the church on TikTok. Well, yeah, I do, because we got to go where people that need Jesus are. <laughs> kind of the whole point, right? Unless I'm getting it wrong, right? I would encourage you, limit that time on that app. Limit the time. If you find yourself scrolling on TikTok over and over and hours and hours, I guarantee you're probably seeing some things that's just... You're creating triggers for yourself. I, I told you I was gonna be really practical here. Well, let me tell you something else. What if, I, I, I'll challenge you here, don't sleep with your phone by your bed. Put it in the kitchen. 
Let me just tell you, those, those messages will be there in the morning. I promise. Those messages will be there in the building in the morning. And married people, I'm just I'm gonna quote the great wisdom of my wife. Um, what y'all love, Carmen? I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the great wisdom of my wife when we got married. The bed is for sleep, snuggle, and sex. Nothing else. Come on, somebody. Right? That's what the bed is for. Nothing else. The bed is not for your social media feed. Don't invite the world into what was supposed to be private. Let me tell you this, some of you need to put filters on your phone and your computer. Covenant Eyes is a wonderful software and it's relatively cheap, but it keeps your account, it keeps you accountable. That's the key. Whoever is your accountability partner, I suggest that you tell your spouse your struggles, but your spouse is not your accountability partner. If you wanna talk about why on that, we can talk about that outside of church. Uh, but I, I suggest that you put your accountability partner in there, you put their email in, and if anything comes up questionable on your phone or on your computer it will, or your tablet, it will literally email them. Well, Pastor Michael, that sounds restrictive. That's the point, all right? We're trying to get the bait out of the water, not put the bait off to the side of the water. Well, I'll just put it over here. I wanna get the bait out of the water, right? Students, let me encourage you today. You, if you struggle with this, and chances are you probably have at some point, I wanna encourage you, you should talk to your mom and dad about this. Not so they can punish you, but so they can help you. Because your destiny is on the line. Your destiny as a, as a husband, as a wife, as a mom or a dad, your destiny is on the line. Parent, let me encourage you today. It's your job to help your student, your kid in a sexting culture. This is uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. But I wanna tell you, parent, if you pay the phone bill, it is still your right and your responsibility to pick that phone up and check it at any time. Let me just say, I, I know, I know y'all are super uncomfortable right now, but this is real, like, I, we're real people with a real passion to live vibrant life in Jesus. Can we be who we say we are? Right? Let's talk about where the rubber meets the road here. Let's talk about it. If you have a passcode on your phone or a password on your laptop that your spouse doesn't know about, that's a red flag. Student, if you have a passcode or a password that your parents don't know, red flag. Somebody in your life needs every one of your passwords that can check it at any time, any one of your messages, any one of your texts. My wife can pick up my phone, pick up my laptop, pick up my tablet. She knows every one of my passwords. She knows some of the passwords. I don't know. I have to ask her because I forget them. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Yeah. Right? Why? Because we don't hide it. We confess it. We don't fight it. We flee from it. Let me just tell you, Jesus is coming back from, for a church that is holy. Is it okay if we, that, is it okay that, that we still preach holiness? Is it all right that we're still gonna stand up for righteousness and holiness in an age that is dirty and filth and full of? We gotta stay holy, church. I, wanna, I want our church to be a beacon of light in our community. And we can't be if we're addicted and broken and we're wounded. It's time for us to get over these wounds, get through the wounds and actually make the steps to get through them so we're not affecting our kids and our kids' kids and our culture. 
Let's affect them in a positive way. Hey, you can be pure. You can have a great marriage. You can have a great life in the name of Jesus. You can. Some of you today are finally going to start this process and you've heard all this information and you're like, man, you're gonna work towards healing. And I just gotta tell you, first of all, as your pastor, I'm so proud of you. You need to make the step today. Make the step today. I've read, I read so much content, articles and books and things just for preparation inside of this. It will help you. Um, I, I'm gonna close this out with a little bit of science that will help you to what, what to expect when you start to make these steps and your injury is healing, okay? These are things that when you see, you decide, okay, God, I'm not gonna conceal it. I'm gonna confess it. I'm gonna get an accountability partner. They're gonna help me. They're gonna like check in with me every day. They're gonna, we're gonna have covenant eyes on the phone, on the tablet, on everything. We're gonna, I'm not gonna do that, but then I'm also gonna get, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the bait out of the water, right? I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna fight it. I'm gonna flee from it. I'm gonna get out of it, okay? You do all that. This is what you're going to see in your life. Okay, this is a well-documented article, what porn does to your brain and how to quit. I can send it to, you, uh, to a link that you may have, um, a, a link that I have if you need it. The first week that you have without porn, if you're addicted, your dopamine in your life will take a nosedive. Nothing will fulfill you. I mean, eating won't fulfill you, relationships won't fulfill you, TV, Netflix won't fulfill you. Nothing will fulfill you. Dopamine will take a nosedive. Everything will be numb, okay? You'll experience dramatic mood swings. I mean, you'll get mad at the most minuscule things, just angry at things, just randomly, okay? You'll, you'll see increased anxiety in your life and possibly headaches. It's the same thing of when you're giving up caffeine, the same headaches, okay? Hypersensitivity to lustful thoughts and even dreams, okay? You'll experience that. One to three weeks without pornography. Motivation and energy in your life plummets. You'll have little to no sexual urges if you're married because married because only porn can excite you because your mind got messed up because of the womb. Four to eight weeks without porn, you'll experience a roller coaster of emotion. You'll be very topsy-turvy. Your bursts of returning energy followed by sluggishness and depression, sudden bursts of temptation. And experts say from anywhere from four to eight weeks, this is the, the spot where relapse is most common. This is the spot where people will mess up and they go on a binge, okay? That's the spot where it's most common here. And I just wanna encourage you, when you get to that spot, don't stop. Like, don't, don't give up. Keep going. God is healing your brain. He's healing your mind. You've gotta push through in that moment, okay? You gotta, God is healing you. So beyond three months, beyond 90 days, what typically what you see is you're gonna see yourself become, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like three months. Hey, all right, here we go. But you're gonna see it over time that you become emotionally stable. Your focus sharpens, your sex drive returns. And, and this is a challenge for those of you that are single, uh, that sex drive returns. You're gonna have to suppress that, right? Because we know that it's the Lord's will for, for sex to be between a man and woman in marriage. We understand that, okay? Uh, that, that is, that's understandable. So what happens, we've gotta keep ourselves holy. And so spiritual confidence and, and intimacy, soar, intimacy soars once again. You feel at peace, whole, and alive again, finally working through, and that wound can finally heal. You can look at sexuality in a healthy way, right? You don't conceal it, you confess it. You don't fight it, you flee from it because you're only as strong as you are honest. I wanna tell you today, let's, let's get honest. 
I'll tell you, as your pastor, as a man that, that you look towards, I, I modeled this in my own life. As a man, a husband, a father, a pastor, it's important to me that I stay pure as much as it is to you. So I put these things in action in my own life. My phone stays in the kitchen in the, at night. Am I telling you the truth, Carmen? My phone stays, if you need me, if an emergency happens past 9 p.m., you're probably not gonna get me. Our staff does a wonderful job and they know how to reach me if I need to be reached, right? My wife has every password to everything. I have all her passwords. I don't remember them, but I got them written down. <laughs> I believe it's healthy that our, our spouse should be able to check anything on any device at any time and us not feel uncomfortable about it. Oh, I need it. If you have a message that you need to delete, probably shouldn't have sent that message. Do I necessarily need all of these things? No, not really, but I want them. I want them in my life. Why, why did we, when did we get in our minds in our world that accountability was bad? When did we get in our minds that accountability was a bad thing? Accountability helps us, it doesn't hurt us. When we resist accountability, it's all about control. It's pride, which leads us to. Church, why resist a temptation in the future when you have the power to eliminate it today? Some of you are gonna leave church today and you need to delete some apps on your phone. That sounds legalistic, no. You can call it what you wanna call it. It's getting bait out of the water. Some of you have some shows that you watch that maybe you shouldn't watch anymore because they're leading you down a road of temptation. Oh, it's just a show. I don't, I don't do, just a movie. What do I have to lose by being careful? What do I have to lose if I'm not careful and I fall? You're only strong as you are honest. Creates two questions. Number one, who do I tell? Some of you need to come forward and you need to tell somebody today. You need to have an intentional conversation this afternoon. Some of you married folk, you need to go home and you need to put Brother Mickey Mouse on for the kids. All right? And you need to have a real talk conversation with your spouse. You need to, you need to talk with them. You need to tell your friend you need to tell your Christian counselor. You need to talk to your life group leader. You need to talk to your pastor. You need to, close to your, talk to your close friend. But it also creates another question that's equally as deep. Some of you will be the ones that you are confessed to. I talked to my pastor this week and told him when I was preaching, he said, oh, you're feeling bold, aren't you? Yeah. He said, when you do that, you're gonna open up a can. I was like, I'm ready. Because I want this church to be a healthy church a healed church. Let me just tell you, how do you receive a confession today? If you're a spouse, let me just tell you, you're gonna be hurt. You're gonna be angry, you're gonna be sickened, you're gonna be embarrassed, and you're gonna think that something's wrong with you. And let me just tell you, that's not the case. It's not the case. You're gonna be injured and hurt, and ultimately you'll want healing. Let me tell you the truth is that this, this tough confession is a genuine desire for purity from your spouse and that a love for you. In this moment, don't shut them out. 
Don't shut them down and shut them out. Help him, help her. This is what in sickness and in health looks like because it's literally a sickness. To the person that's going to confess this week, I wanna tell you, you're not some weirdo pervert. You're injured, you're injured. Somewhere along the way you were injured and you just haven't taken the steps to heal. Today you make the steps. And the great news I have for you is we serve a God who loves you and wants to heal you. He wants more, as much as your enemy, your spiritual enemy wants you to die, he wants to steal, kill and destroy. Let's read the back half of John 10 and 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Can I tell you an addicted life is not a life to the full. Jesus wants to heal your wound with his nail scarred hands so you can have that abundant life, that vibrant life in Jesus. Would you stand with me across this room today as we close? For some of you, you're making steps and, and you're like, man, this is me. You're speaking to me right where I'm at, pastor. I mean, I'm not ready to take a microphone and tell everybody about it, but I'm like, I need to make a step. That's great. The tendency is for you to consume this information and go home and do nothing. That's the tendency. Consume the information, go home and do nothing. Don't stop there. Don't let your commitment to the Lord stop there. Well, from now on, no more, I'm gonna stop. I know that I need to stop. No, confess, confess and run. Confess and run because God brings you forgiveness, but God's people bring you healing. What I wanna do is I'm gonna pray over you and we're gonna sing and then we're gonna go into baptism Sunday. And I will tell you, some people have decided, hey, I wanna be baptized this Sunday and it worked out.